you have your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy tonight, chapter 6, chapter 7. Um, I'll tell you, <clears throat> I'm thankful, and I don't know if I can do this justice. I didn't feel like I'd done Wednesday night justice. Um, Wednesday night, I tried to not uh, be mad beyond control but be able to talk plainly as what the scripture says and what's going on today what the Lord put on my heart tonight I think that God tries to remind us and I guess this uh, reading um, in preparation for tonight uh, these passages of scripture so if you would stand we'll go to the Lord in prayer then we'll begin reading Father, tonight I thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. Thank you, dear God, for your blessings. Lord, asking you to help us tonight to do that which you'd have us to do, be that which you'd have us to be, and say what we'd, you'd have us to say. Lord, thank you for each and every person here tonight and their love for you. We ask you, dear God, just give us the strength and guidance and grace we need. In Jesus' name, and amen. Amen. You may be seated. This is familiar scripture, but I want to read it, and, and I just I want you to think about what the Lord told Israel, and then the application of it is always applicable today. Now, there are some things in the Bible that God required of them to do that He no longer requires of us. Because of what Jesus done on the cross. But there's other things that God did and said. And the Bible says that they were our examples. In other words, it was the example for us so we could see, know, and understand what God would and will not do. And then again, what God wants to do. So the Lord here tells Israel, uh, if you would just uh, sit down there just a little bit. And we'll start in verse um, 6. Uh, I want to start further down, but we'll start in 6 just to get a little bit. He says to him, he says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Now I will say this to you and I tonight, in Israel's case, in this example, God was showing them that God's people is a chosen people, and he said above all people. God loves everybody, but God's people are, what you might say, favored above the rest of the crowd. So you and I do not know this, that in giving our hearts to the Lord and serving him and following him, we have a favorable relationship. It's, it's a better relationship. Not because the people who are outside and who are lost can't have that, but because they've not accepted him, they're not experiencing that relationship. Israel had this. God chose them again, going back to being an example to you and I, that in the choosing and receiving and following of God, there establishes a favorable relationship that does not exist outside the covenant that we have with God through Jesus, that they had with God through servitude. 
So then he goes on, the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any other people, but you were fewer, the fewest of all people. Can I tell you that God shows his exampling, so to say, in that he uses what would be considered weak and shows his strength. And you think about this. In our weakness, he's shown mightily. If I'm, not, if I'm not so powerful and something gets done, then I realize this. It's not me. It is God. It's more that he can do with me what I, didn't, I, I don't think I can do with myself. And, I, and I, I know this for a fact that God has done more with me than I ever figured I could do or would have done of myself. And I can guarantee you if it was my choice, I wouldn't be standing here tonight. This is not the path I would have chose. I had a different path, but I praise God that he put me on this path because looking back now, as I said here a few weeks ago, I realize this, that in this path, God has kept me humble and blessed, whereas the other path, I would have been arrogant and unblessed. I can tell you that. I just know me good enough, but God, he does these things with us. Again, think about our church, and I, and I thought about this as I was thinking God has done great things with a small group of people for the very reason we saw here tonight when you stood up and you testified about who God is to you. God can do great and wonderful things if he has the people by the heart. But when people are just held by the head, they're holding themselves. And God... He uses people. Hey, he, 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 used, he used a donkey. He can use anybody. But you know what? The difference is understanding what God is doing and how God is doing and why God is doing that. And we're blessed to understand God's love for us. This church is blessed in a strong and mighty way. He goes, because the Lord loved you and because he would keep his oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, Hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of the bondman, of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. King of Egypt, or Pharaoh, king of Egypt, represented the devil. What did God do with you and I? He brought us out of the bondage of sin, the Bible says. Out of the house of bondage, out of the clutches of Satan. God, God done a work in our lives that we realized this evening that when he, he did this, it was not because of who we were, but because of his love toward us. Israel, if they could have grasped this, I, and I, I know why they didn't, because God had always intended for the Gentiles to get this, and he said in his word that our getting it would provoke them to jealousy, that they would come to him. And so it's they didn't they they while they understood the power and the authority of God they was not willing to accept the grace and salvation through Jesus. You and I accept that. And accepting that now we are going to be provoking them to jealousy because seeing the blessing of salvation in our lives they're going to get saved. And I'm going to tell you something. I've said this before. I'll say it again. If I'm alive and well when Israel turns to God, 
And when I'm talking about Israel, not just, not just the people that, that we talk about, but I mean the, the nation of Israel. I think the nation of Israel, and I may be totally wrong, but I think there's going to be a revival there like we've never seen. And when something like, if I'm alive and something like that happens, one of the most liberal countries in the world getting saved and realizing who they are and the value they are to God, I'm here to tell you, church, if we don't have revival, we're, we're dead. Our wood is too wet to be doing anything with. But God did what he did with them so you and I could see and get what we've got today. The blessing of salvation through Almighty God to you and I is more than we can comprehend. And then we're able to do more than we realize if we will just let God be the doer. That's so important for us to get. I was reading on uh, through here. Let's go on. He said, Now therefore, the Lord that the Lord thy God, now therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. Now look at the next one. The faithful God. How many of you are glad God is faithful? How many tell you, we just talked about that just a while ago when what God has done to us and done for us and and even when we don't realize what God is doing, it's like I said this morning, sometimes God does not answer our prayers the way we want them answered. We say, God, would you do this? And God says, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. And then you have to stop and say, well, God, you're right. Even though I wanted it done this way, God, you done it this way. And God, you're right. Why? Because God is faithful. And he does it the right way. And in the end, you and I were going to be going, you know what? That was the right thing to do. That was God's way of doing it. I, I, I told this story. I, I'll tell it again. My granddad went to church with me and my wife more than he went to Catholic Mass in the end of his days. And he was brought up a Catholic. And you know the old saying, give me a, give me a child until about the age of 12 as a Catholic, and I'll make them a Catholic forever. And you know what? There's a lot of folks who are Catholics through and through. A lot of them don't go to church. A lot of them don't go to Mass. They don't go to confession. But they all believe they're going to heaven because they got crinkled or sprinkled. I've been there. I, I, I had christening papers. Believe it or not, I, was, I come up in a Catholic church to some degree, and... and and they think they're going to heaven, though, because of that or because the priest will pray enough rosaries or their family will pray enough rosary. Things will happen. And eventually, they're going to leave purgatory and go to heaven. That's not how it works. That's not what happens. But yet, they believe that. You and I know this, that God is faithful. But we all know this. He's God. I'm making it in this aspect that the journey that I'm taking now is my faith in a faithful God who is able to do what I could not do through his son, Jesus Christ. And then I put my faith and my trust in him. And I know I've, I kind of lost my, my thought process from there, but, but I put my faith and my trust in him and I hold him responsible for my eternity because he promised me that very thing. If I put my faith and my trust in him. 
my faithfulness is not in obedience to somebody. It's in obedience to him. It's following this word. I, I was reading back verse 16 of chapter 6. Verse 15. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. You ever thought about God being jealous? We've read this, but God's jealous. If you spend more time with something other than him, it, God's jealous. And I know that you and I, we, we have our lives and we do things and we go through the day and we don't think about, well, am I really spending much time with God? But can I tell you, you can be at work and still be with God. Praying every so often, just saying thank you, Lord. I mean, just I, I go through the day. And there's times that I'm praying through the day. And I don't even realize sometimes that I've been praying that long. And, and you know, uh, from one job to the next job, I get in somebody's house. Sometimes they say something. I don't tell them. But, but I've heard hardships and cases and things that you think about. And, and you just want to say, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. But you don't know if you say that if they're going to call the company and say, hey, you get your, uh, get your guy out of here. He's trying to preach religion. You don't know that. But let me tell you what they can't stop me from doing. Is just going to God right there and praying for him. I made it a point one time for about a month. I probably ought to make it a point again. But for about a month, every house I went into, every time I had to get down on my knees and light a water heater, I prayed for that house. They didn't know it. Maybe they did know it. Maybe God revealed. But I knew it. And God knew it. And I thought, you know what? If I'm on my knees, I might as well say something while I'm down here doing what I'm doing. And just prayed in my heart that God would bless them, save them if they were lost, touch their needs that they've got, help them to understand he's working in their lives even though they don't know it if, if they didn't. Make them true believers. If, you know, if, if they walked in there and it says this house... I've been I've been to houses where right on the outside door there it says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I think when I go in there, God, I, I'm glad I'm walking into a Christian home. And if they're not, God, make them, make them strong. Make them a Christian home. Don't let it be by words. I've seen them where they says, We're a Catholic home. God, you converted my son, my family, convert these. My granddad, again, Catholic, all the days of his life. Three days before he dies, I'm going to hell. That's hard for me to understand. But man, when God gets involved, so I go up and I say, Papa, according to even your Catholic Bible, because I've compared the Catholic to the King James, even in the Catholic Bible that you read, Romans chapter 10 says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Word for word, Romans chapter 10 is, in the King James and in the Catholic Bible. And I told him that. And the next thing I know, he says, I'm parting ways. And then he dies on my birthday. And I don't believe God would curse me with that. I really don't. It's evident token that God gave me one of the greatest gifts I'd ever get in my life outside of my salvation, my granddad. Hearing what I said, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. No doubt in my mind he, he, he did that. 
Whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he died on my birthday, me and him looking at one another, and he went peacefully. Now, I'm just telling you, church, you say, well, Brother Ernie, that don't mean nothing. It does to me. He'll never change my mind on it. The good news is, if I'm wrong when I get to heaven, I won't know it. But if I'm right, I'll see him. Possibly. These millions of folks there, I don't know how soon I'll get around to anybody. All the time we'll spend with Jesus. You know, I don't know what heaven's going to be like. But can I tell you, church, faithfulness. God is faithful. We ought to be faithful. God gave us the word. He gave us these guidance to go on there. He said, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. Ye shall diligently, though, look at this, diligently keep the commandments of the Lord thy God as he, and his testimonies and his statutes which he hath commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right. Now church, listen to me carefully. When God says we need to do something, we need to do it. The commandments of God, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And my commandments are not grievous. Why? Because when you serve God according to the will of God, the plan of God, you have liberty in your life. Remember, Paul and Silas were chained up in the innermost darkest dungeon, and yet they were freer than every other prisoner in there on any other level. Because why? They knew who Jesus was and glorifying him and honoring him. Not only were they physically or spiritually free, they become physically free. And somebody got saved out of it. You and I have that very same opportunity in our lives. If you think about it, I didn't go further down in chapter 7 because I want to look at some good things before we get to the hard things. Just give me a couple minutes. So he says, thou shalt do this. Thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that, they may, that, that it may be well with thee, that thou may goest in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to cast out thine enemies from before thee as the Lord has spoken. Because again, God does a battle and we don't even understand sometimes. God casts out enemies before us before we ever see them. The other side of that is this. In obedience, it's going to be good on our part. Because in a minute we'll read, in disobedience, it will be bad. You know, God doesn't do things with a wink and a nod and then says, you know what, Ernie, you take care of it. I don't like them, you take care of it. I, I'm not going to deal with it, you take care of it. No, one of these days, God's going to take care of it. So you and I will get the blessings of God. And I say this, it doesn't always mean we get what we want, but we do always get what we need. Because we're faithful to him who is faithful to us. James says, works without faith is dead. Works cannot save you. Works cannot justify you. They will not make you stand before God and be all right because we're not that good. But 
our works do in test and this testify of our faith and our belief in our trust in God. And we know this that while we don't do enough, He didn't require works for our salvation, He required faithfulness. And I'm thankful for that because I can tell you right now, as I shared this afternoon, God knows how bad I am. Like I said this morning, He knows what we do. Whether we do what's right or wrong, he knows it, but he also knows what we don't do, whether we do what's right or wrong. He understands it all through and through. And then he goes on. And when thy sons ask thee the time to come, say, What meaneth the testimonies and statutes and judgments of the Lord our God have commanded you? Then thou shalt say to thy sons, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord, and the Lord showed or shewed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in. Now we got out of one mess to get into a blessed. Now think about that that he might bring us in to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always. Now think about what the Bible says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But if we fear the God, it is always good for us. I like that. So he says, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. Can I tell you, those of us who know Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior of our lives, as Jesus said to them, though they were dead, yet shall they live. Lazarus may have been bound up, wound up, and stuck into a grave, but Lazarus is just as alive as you and I today. The difference is where he's at today and where we're at. But he's living the better life now. The one we're longing for, looking for, hastening to, and waiting on. So when you go down there, he says this in verse 9 of chapter 7. Now therefore that the Lord thy God is a God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy unto them that love him and keepeth his commandments, to a thousand generations. Look at verse 10 though. Just as he's going to bless. He's also going to punish. And repayeth them that hate him. To their face. To destroy them. He will not, he will not be slack. To him that hateth him. He will repay him. To his face. Now church. If God is willing to say this. Two times to his face. In verse 10, I believe he means it. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. We will stand before God one-on-one -on -one with God. And the only way you will not be by yourself is if the blood of Jesus Christ is upon your life. You think about that. But we will stand before God face to face. 
And the only way you and I get into heaven and we get past, I guess you would say, the judgment seat of God, standing there, pointing at a man who wants to die after this judgment, the only way we get past that is through the blood. But those that despise the blood, reject the blood, hate the blood, don't believe in the blood, won't accept the blood, they will be repaid to God. God will not say, you deal with them. God will look them straight in the eye and tell them just what Jesus said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And you think God's going to sit on his throne with his chest out stuck, say, look how powerful I am? I don't think so. But I think it this way, that God will look them with sincerity. And when they argue, he'll tell them, not my fault. I never knew you. So church, it's our, our service to God is our benefit, our privilege, not our burden. There are a lot of folks who think it's a burden to serve God. It's a burden to go to church. It's a burden to read your Bible. It's a burden to say prayer. It's a burden to have to sing. It's a burden to have to listen to me. You know what my greatest burdens are? Getting up every morning putting on my work boots. I'm here to tell you right now it's hard to bend over. But I do it because I know that the result of that is a paycheck. But getting up to serve God is not a burden. It's a benefit. It's a blessing. And I love it. I just like to do a better job at it. That's the truth. But God will repay those that despise him to their face. But God will also welcome those who accepted him to their face. He won't, he won't just go, oh, get over there in that corner. Remember, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. The Bible says every one of us will give an account unto the Lord, whether our deeds be good or evil. Every man will give an account. Every one. And I'm so glad and so thankful one day I accepted him as Lord and Savior of my life, and when he sees me, he'll see the blood. And when he sees the blood, I don't know what that new name is, but there's going to be a new name called out. And I'll know it then, and I'll get to go in. I'm just telling you, church, when you look at this and you think about the Old Testament, sometimes we go, the Old Testament, the Old Testament. But aren't you glad to know tonight that in the Old Testament, God says, this is our example. If you do this, here's your blessings. If you don't, though, I'll repay you to your face. A powerful thought to think about this. He goes on, he says, Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Why? Wherefore it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep them and do them, the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swore unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. And he will bless the fruit of thy womb, the fruit of thy land, thy corn, and thy wine, and thy oil, thy increase of thy kin, and the flocks of thy sheep, in the land where thou swearest unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall be not, be, be not male or female barren among you. 
and or among you your cat or among your cattle. The Lord will take away from thee all sickness, and will put none of all the none of these evils upon none of these evils diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. God, God's just got it made right, church. God's got blessings out there we don't understand. And I'll just say this. We may see that and we think, boy, it ain't happening like that. Hey, spiritually speaking, it's happened just the way God said it would. My enemy, those that hate me, those that hate God, God's going to deal with. But I can tell you something. There's times in my life when I know that there's times people says, well, why is he, he, why is he getting with that? When, you know, and I've had people, well, you're no better than I am. You know what? I'm no better than anybody. But because I love the Lord, because I serve him, I try, not that I'm perfect, but I try. God's blessed me. And I've seen the favor of God on my life and understand that. And I believe all my heart, I think if we look one to another, we'd see how God has loved us and favored us and blessed us in ways that nobody else could even imagine. And I'll say this, and sometimes we don't even understand how good it is and how much God has done for us. But I don't want to be on the other end. I don't want to be repaid because I hated God. I don't want to be on his wrath throne. And I know tonight, by the grace of God, I won't be and by the grace of God, you won't be. Stand with us this evening. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. Thank you, dear God, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for being more to us than we could ever imagine you being. Doing more for us, dear God, than we could ever imagine being. And Lord, I'm just so grateful tonight because I know, Lord, how much you love us, how much you favor us. And Lord Jesus, while we would say we don't deserve it, we understand this. It's not because of who we are, but because of who you are. And the only reason we know that is because we've chosen to love you, to serve you, and follow you. Help us, Lord, every day to become stronger, more faithful, to do that which you'd have us to do, be that which you'd have us to be, so that we can be an impact to those around us. And we'll give you glory, Father. We'll give you praise, Father, in Jesus' holy name. And amen. And amen. Anybody, any?